0: Welcome to the Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now, your host, Rick Hughes. Good morning, and welcome to the Flatline. I'm your host, Rick Hughes, and for the next few minutes, please stay with me. As always, it's going to be a time of motivation, inspiration, education without any manipulation. Because we don't play games, we don't have hidden agendas, we are simply here to give you some accurate information that hopefully will help you verify and identify the plan of God for your life. And, and if you're able to do that, you have the freedom, the privacy to, to orient and adjust to the plan. That's up to you. But my job as a communicator of information is to be accurate, not to speculate, but to be accurate. And we try to do that by going into the Word of God and giving accurate information. And so thank you for listening. Thank you for listening so long. We've been on the air over 10 years in many cities and looking to expand. It's our prayer that God will continue to give us future audiences in cities across this great nation. And we always enjoy hearing from you. If the Lord has been speaking to you or teaching you anything, or if you've grown as a result of the show, don't hesitate to write to us. We'd love to hear from you. We're not asking you to send any money. Just drop us a note, and <clears throat> let us know where you are, where you're listening, and that helps us to decide when contract comes up, contract time comes up if we want to stay in a certain area and keep broadcasting in an area if people are listening and tuning in and growing. That's always our desire. So you can always reach us through the website. <clears throat> That's simply Rick Hughes Ministries. Rick Hughes Ministries on the Internet. And uh, if you just type it in your search engine, Rick Hughes Ministries, it'll come up. Or you can email us, rick at rick, Hughes Ministries.org. rick at rick Hughes Ministries.org. I'd love to hear from you. You can always write us a letter, drop us a letter by the uh, Postal Service. That's simply Post Office Box 100 in the city of Cropwell, Alabama. Cropwell, C-R-O-P-W-E-L-L, Alabama, 35054. Again, don't need to send any money. We're not asking you for money. But we would love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a note, let us know what's going on in your life and how this radio show has affected your life, if at all. If you're listening, thank you so much for listening to these words. Today I want to talk to you about something that's critical, something for us to learn. I want to talk to you about your old sin nature, the old sin nature within you. You know, we all have an old sin nature. We got it from Adam, by the way. The Bible says, For by one man sin came into the world, and death by sin, and now death has passed on all, for all have sinned, and the wages of sin is death. Therefore just as through one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and as a result of that spiritual death, and then that spiritual death began to spread to the entire human race because when Adam sinned, then eventually all sinned. So Adam sinned. Adam created sin in his own life and he received an old sin nature. He was cast out of the garden. But he did believe. The Bible is clear about that in Genesis 315. He did believe in Christ and he was saved. I'm not saying he didn't, he wasn't saved, but I'm saying he was asked to leave the garden. He and Eve both But it was through Adam that sin entered into the human race, and he chose to sin. Now, Eve was, the Bible says, as she was fooled, but Adam chose. He made a choice between Eve and God, and he made his decision, and he committed sin. Now, every man born from Adam, from this time forward, from the time of Adam forward, any man born is going to receive a sin nature. However, there is one instance in history where a man was born that had nothing to do with Adam, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His virgin birth allowed him not to receive a sin nature. He's called the second Adam in the Bible, and had he sinned, then he would not have qualified to go to the cross and be our Redeemer because he would have received a sin nature likewise. But Jesus Christ, our Lord, was born of a virgin, came into this world with no sin nature, and never, not even one time, did he sin. And thus he was, in fact, qualified to be the Redeemer, to pay the penalty for the sins of mankind. So by Adam, sin came into the world. And if you are a father and you have children, then you have passed your sin nature on to your children. What that technically means is this, that when they are born physically, when they come into this world physically, when mom has them at the hospital or at home and they're born, they are born physically alive, but Adam's original sin is imputed to them at birth and they are born spiritually dead. Physically alive, but spiritually dead. And thus we need to be born again. Now here's a question a lot of people ask, well what if a child dies? Well the Bible clearly teaches that a child before the age of accountability, if that child expires and passes, that child goes straight to heaven because that child never had an opportunity to make a volitional decision. But anyone who is able to comprehend the message, we sometimes call that the age of accountability, once they begin to understand there is a God and where they fit in that program, then they are responsible to make that decision. And anyone who has a desire to know God will, in fact, receive the gospel. We are clear about that. The Bible's clear about that. Anybody, anywhere, anytime who wants to know God will receive the gospel. God is not unfair. He doesn't hang people out to dry. I don't care if they're in Africa. I don't care if they're in South America. I don't care if they're in Russia. If they have positive volition at God consciousness, then God will give them the gospel. He will get the gospel to them by a missionary or by a book or by a TV show. Heck, even Billy Graham preached a revival in in Russia one time. So the word can get there, and people will have an opportunity to be born again. But you see, without the second birth, then anyone who dies goes to hell or the lake of fire. The Bible's clear about that. You see, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. And so since we are born once, not twice, then we have to face the second judgment. I've always said these words. Either you're going to be born twice or you're going to die twice. Born twice, the first one is physical. The second one is spiritual. That's the new birth. Die twice. The first one is dying as appointed unto all members of the human race. And then secondly, cast into the lake of fire. This is called in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the Bible clearly says in Revelation 20. So here we have it. You are born spiritually dead, dominated by Adam's original sin. Your old sin nature dominates you. Have you not seen your children, your young children? Who set your child down and taught that child how to lie? Who set your child down and taught that child how to throw a temper tantrum if they didn't get their way? That's their sinful nature. The sinful nature already knows how to lie. It already knows how to mislead. It already knows how to say not me when you begin to question who did this mess, not me. And so unless this sin nature is is contained then we wind up being out of control and thus the new birth, the second birth introduces. The ministry of God the Holy Spirit to any believer in Jesus Christ. And once the ministry of God the Holy Spirit comes into your life, once you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, then now we have a conflict. The conflict is taught in the Bible, in the book of Galatians, where it says, The flesh wars against the spirit, and the spirit wars against the flesh, and these are contrary one to the other. So, as a new believer in Christ, you have to make a decision. Am I going to let my old sin nature control my life, or will I allow now the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me, will I allow him to control my life? And when I say control my life, I'm talking about controlling your thoughts, controlling your actions, your thoughts, your motives, your intentions, your desires, your actions. That's what it's there for. And thus you can live under control of your old sin nature as a Christian. Or you can live under control of the Holy Spirit as a Christian. Now which one do you think God wants you to do? Well the Bible says walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that's the lust of the old sin nature. You see the old sin nature is interesting. The characteristics of the old sin nature of spiritual death is in fact, impacts the whole human race. Nobody is born with a human spirit. We're all born spiritually dead. And without a human spirit, nobody can have a relationship with God. And so you have total depravity. You have man being born totally depraved and totally separated from God totally helpless to perform any work, any sacrifice, any change of life whereby he could have a relationship with God. The only way, the only way possible for you to have a relationship with God or anyone, our children included, is they must believe in Jesus Christ and receive him as Savior because that's how the second birth takes place. You see, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, the Bible says. Old things are passed away, and all things become new. The second birth, that's when we're born again. Not physically, no, but born again spiritually, meaning what? The spiritual life, the spiritual side of you, your human spirit was dead. Once Adam's original sin was imputed to you, you died spiritually at birth. And then once you believe in Jesus Christ, receive him as your Savior, you are born again, not physically, but spiritually. And now your human spirit is made alive. How? God, the Holy Spirit, comes to indwell your human spirit, and you are made spiritually alive. And now the battle begins. Are you going to let God, the Holy Spirit, control your life? Or will you allow your old sin nature to continue to dominate and hold you captive? The sin nature has an area of weakness, and everyone has their own area of weakness. And this area of weakness produces personal sin and eventually the consequences of personal sin. And so we also have an area of strength. So let's look at it this way. You have an old sin nature. It can do good stuff, and it can do bad stuff. The good stuff, even people that are not saved, people that are not Christians can, can have a moral compass. I mean, people that are not even Christians can be morally good, and they can help people. They can contribute to people they need. They can do a lot of wonderful things. That's what the sin nature has, an area of strength. But the old sin nature has an area of weakness, too, and everybody has it. It's not the same pattern. It's not the same trend. Some people may lust after sex. Some people may lust for money. Some people may lust for power. Some people just may lust for attention. It's interesting in the election season across the United States of America to watch the lust for power and what some people will do to gain power. And that's a sin nature trend. That's a sin nature pattern. And so the old sin nature has its area of strength, good things it can do, and its area of weaknesses, and that's the bad things it can do, the lust that it can get involved in. And so the Bible says there are none that are righteous. No, not even one. The old sin nature is unpredictable. You see, Adam, after Adam fell, two things occurred simultaneously. He had a new trend, a new way of thinking, and he had spiritual death. That new way of thinking occurred towards sin and produced personal sin in his life. He uh, lied to God. God asked him, have you did you eat of that fruit? And he said, "Oh, oh, oh no, the woman, the woman, the woman made me." They were hiding in the bushes; they were ashamed of themselves. And he began immediately to project blame on someone else. This is what the sin nature is good at doing. The sin nature is never good at accepting responsibility for what it does. It's much better at projecting the blame onto someone else, and that's immediately what he did. He projected the blame onto Eve and that sin nature, even though it has a a tendency to be good or to be evil, it is that sin nature that all of our sins are related to and when we believe in Jesus Christ we have the power to overcome that sin nature. That sin nature in Romans 5.12, just as one man through one man Adam, sin nature entered into the world and spiritual death and, uh, and so there we have it in Romans 5.12 this is where it comes from and we see in Romans 7 Paul talks about the sin nature he says in Romans 7.14 certainly we know that the law is spiritual but I am or belonging to the realm of the flesh a sin nature he talks about the things I want to do I don't do and the things I hate those are the things that I do and this may be you also Maybe sometimes you feel like two different people. And I'm not talking about physically. I mean, we can all have bad days physically, but but I'm talking about mentally some days you are feeling righteous and great, and and some days you are tempted to sin and do things that you normally wouldn't do. And you give in, and you feel guilty about it. And you say, why did I do that? That's not me. Why did I give in and do that? I know I shouldn't have done that that's the domination of your sin nature. That sin nature are the sarks, s-a-r-x-z. It's called the flesh in the Bible. The sarks are the flesh. There's a lot of names for it in the Bible, and uh, even sin being the word harmatia can refer to Adam's original sin. But the flesh, the flesh, the sin nature, the flesh, It's in the cell structure of your body, and it's related to you, no one else. And therefore, Galatians says, I say to you, walk by means of the Spirit, and you will not execute the lust of the flesh. You don't have to do that. You don't have to live that way. Is it possible for you to never sin again? Well, the answer is no not as long as you have an old sin nature, you will sin and fail. But is it possible for you to overcome the weaknesses of your sin nature? Yes. Is it possible for you to go longer periods of time without sinning, like more than 30 minutes? Yes. You see, as you grow spiritually, as you begin to change the way you think, as you begin to renovate your thinking by learning Bible doctrine, beginning to get a divine viewpoint, beginning to get a different frame of reference, as you begin to grow spiritually, you will log more and more time in the spiritual life. Logging time out of the spiritual life is when you're carnal, when you're in the flesh. Logging time in the spiritual life is when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you sin, you move into not the spiritual life, under control of the flesh and being carnal. And if you use problem-solving device number one and rebound, then you can move back to the spiritual life and resume the journey. So many people don't understand that so many people think they have to make their sin up to God. That's impossible. What do you have that you could possibly, possibly influence the thinking of God with? And you think God is concerned that he's going to get all happy, happy, happy because you feel sorry for what you did? All of your sins, every sin you ever did, past, present, and even the future. Was poured out on Jesus Christ on the cross. And that's why it said, He who never sinned, he who knew no sin, was made sin for each of us. Your sin has been judged already. And as you rebound in the spiritual life, you are cleansed from that sin. That doesn't mean you have to go back to God and promise you'll never do it again. That doesn't mean you have to put extra money in the offering plate and try to make it up to God. That means you simply do what God told you to do. Cite the sin. Name the sin. Don't hide the sin. And resume your spiritual journey. I can assure you Satan will bring it back up. He will use your failure as an opportunity to induce guilt into your life. He really wants you to feel sorry for yourself. He really wants you to go sit in the corner and say, uh, you know, if I was really a Christian, I wouldn't have done that. If I was really a good Christian, I wouldn't be that way. And, and so I think I'll just sit in the corner and feel sorry for myself and and quit pretending to be a Christian. You are crazy if you do that. Don't do that. That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Listen, nobody's perfect. Everybody fails. Everybody makes mistakes everybody, me included. I don't sit in the corner and feel sorry for myself when I fail. It's like a football player who gets blocked on the field. Nobody can play football and make the perfect play every time he's going to get blocked. And when he gets blocked and when he gets knocked down, he can lay there and feel sorry for himself or he can get up and dust himself off and get back in the huddle and do it right the next time. And that's what God expects out of you. Confess your sin, name your sin to God, get up, dust yourself off, get back in the huddle, and do it right the next time. Learn what your weaknesses are. Learn how Satan is easily able to manipulate you, how he uses your lust pattern, and stay out of it. That's all it boils down to. The old man, the old sin nature, you do not have to let it control your life. You do not let it have to manipulate you. It's called the old man in the Bible because it originated in the Garden of Eden. And there's nothing older than that. And it it can deceive you. It can trick you. And so you need to learn about that as you're learning right now. Paul wrote about it to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 3. He said, I could not speak to you as spiritual people. But I have to speak to you as those that belong to the sin nature, those that are carnal, controlled by your sin nature, as babies in Christ, childish believers. He said, I had to give you milk, not solid food, because you didn't receive the solid food. You couldn't understand it. And this is true. You see, a mature believer, there's a couple of things about him. Number one, he can handle that sin nature. Yes, he will fail, but he's not going to stay in it. He's going to rebound, recover, and resume his spiritual life. And secondly, he has a desire to grow. He has a desire to learn who he is and what causes him to do what he does. And he has a desire to know how to glorify God to the maximum in his life. The quest to learn the Word of God is in the Monterey believer's soul. And so as you grow, as you learn, then you understand exactly what Jesus Christ our Lord did for you. 1 Peter 2.24, he carried our sin in his own body on the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.21, he who did not know sin was made sin for us. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died as a substitute for us. And then listen to this. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law by a means of becoming a curse, a substitute for us. For as it stands written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the cross. So, yes, he took your place. Yes, he assumed your sin. No, he had no sin of his own. And thus we have the opportunity to know him and the power of his resurrection. Well, what is the power of his resurrection? It's by means of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that lives in you. And that Holy Spirit can empower you to grow spiritually, to accept the forgiveness of God, to get back in fellowship with God. See, some of you got out of fellowship a long time ago, and you are staying out. You're ashamed of what you did, and you think God can't forgive you. You feel ashamed about it, or maybe you got upset about something at church, and you quit going. It's a bad thing to do. Listen, when you confess your sin, God restores you to fellowship. The Holy Spirit takes control again. And you begin to grow spiritually if you take in God's Word. You're not going to grow at all if you don't take in God's Word. God's Word is the supplement you need every day. Even though you are filled with the Holy Spirit without getting under the ministry of a qualified pastor and without listening to the teaching of the Word of God, you're not going to grow at all. You're going to maintain a baby Christian life, although you will be in fellowship with God. So you must walk by means of the spirit, Galatians 5:16. You must be filled with the spirit, Ephesians 5:18. You must grow in the grace and the knowledge of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3:18. This is all part of the Christian life. So what do we learn today? Well, we learn you have a sin nature. And we've learned you'll get rid of it when you die when you die this this body you're in now won't work in heaven because it's infected it has a sin nature and it can't work in heaven so we're going to have to get rid of this body take off immortality take off mortality and put on immortality put on the resurrection body the new body will work in heaven you know what's unique about it no old sin nature and so we know we got it when we were born we received it from our father and now we have to deal with it while we're here and thus we have God the Holy Spirit to help us overcome the desires of the flesh the lust of the flesh we've been mandated to walk in the spirit to grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we've learned all of that so if you're filled with the Holy Spirit there's only one way to do it you rebound when you sin, if you rebound the sin, problem-solving device number one, if you go to God and admit the sin, First John 1, 9, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. But as soon as you allow the sin nature to subdue your thinking again, you will quench the Holy Spirit, and you will grieve the Holy Spirit, and you will have to go back through the rebound process again. And you may have to do this 10 or 15 times a day. I have before. But eventually, you will grow and you will overcome all of those weaknesses that seem to defeat you so often. You'll find some new weaknesses as you grow older, some new problems, but some of those old things you'll get victory over, I promise you. Are you listening? Are you learning? I hope so. Until next week, this is your host, Rick Hughes saying thank you for listening to The Floatline. Thank you for listening to The Floatline with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100, Cropwell, Alabama, 35054, or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.